deeper, it might trigger a coughing bout. She descended the steps and attempted to cheer herself up by telling herself that at least the visibility was not as bad as it had appeared from inside the lodging house. She wasted no time heading towards Gloucester Road tube station and the Piccadilly line to catch a train that would take her to the studio in Soho. That's a bad cough you've got there, said Charlie, the photographer, handing Maggie her wrap. When you finish here, you should go straight home, make yourself a hot toddy and get a bed. Maggie felt too weary to say that that was what she intended doing, so simply nodded and warmed herself by the two-bar electric fire. Then she went behind a screen and removed the one-piece bathing costume and put on a polka-dot bikini in daffodil yellow and white, draping the matching short sleeveless wrap with its frilled edging over a shoulder. She thought of last summer and the lovely russet tweed swagger coat that she'd modelled for a winter collection and how she'd sweltered beneath the lights. She wished she was wearing it right now. But that was magazine modelling for you. Wow, you look great in that bikini, said Charlie, his eyes lighting up as she came from behind the screen. Thanks. My sister and brother are always saying I could do with more meat on me. They don't understand that modelling business. I just wish I was basking on a sunny beach abroad right now, she said hoarsely. Save your pennies and we could go together, he suggested. She drew in a painful breath. You know I've got someone, Charlie. Otherwise I'd take you up on your offer, she said adopting the pose he'd suggested earlier and allowing the wrap to dangle from her fingertips onto the scattering of sand that sat against a backdrop of painted sea, palm trees and a dazzling sun in a clear blue sky. But you hardly ever see him, protested Charlie. Now, hold that pose. Maggie remained perfectly still, thinking of Norman Marshall, who was a marine engineer and away at sea for months on end. She had not heard from him since the end of November, and that was worrying, especially as Jared's wife Emma had written in her Christmas card that Norman's twin brother Pete had married his on-off long-time girlfriend Peggy McGrath the week before Christmas. Apparently they were living with the twins' mother Gertie Marshall in Bootle. Maggie had tried to convince herself that the all-important Christmas card to her friend from Norman had gone missing in the post. What with him working on a BP tanker, he sailed thousands of miles to far-distant lands in his job. She had hoped to receive a Valentine card last week, but she'd looked in vain for its arrival, and could not help but feel hurt and worried, so much so that she'd even thought of writing to his twin Pete. Last time she'd seen Norman had been at the beginning of September, when they'd met up in Chatham, Kent. Then he'd still been full of the news that his twin, who worked in a shipping office in Liverpool, had not only broken up with Peggy yet again, but that she had disappeared. So it had come as something of a shock to hear from Emma that the couple were now married. Did Norman know? He had written twice since last she had seen him, but the letters had been brief and with no mention of his twin. It would have been nice to have a double wedding, just like Maggie's brother and sister had done. But that was definitely out of the question now. She remembered how Norman had kissed her with real passion when they'd last parted. She had been convinced he could not bear to let her go, and had expected him to ask her to marry him. Although he had never actually said those three little magic words I love you to her, 
she'd felt certain that he did. Have you gone into a trance? asked Charlie, interrupting her thoughts. This is the third time I've spoken to you. Sorry, mouthed Maggie, wanting nothing more than to get back to her digs and burrow beneath the bed covers with a hot water bottle, a hot toddy and a couple of aspros. Do you want to make us a coffee? asked Charlie. She shook her head, thinking he had a nerve asking, knowing she wasn't feeling well. But that was men for you, thinking only of themselves. I want to get home before the smog worsens, she whispered, and went behind the screen. Her fingers trembled as she got changed, thinking that there were some exceptional men out there. Her father, for one. He had cosseted her when she was a little girl, and encouraged her to believe that she could do anything if she had enough faith in herself. That was before he had caught the muscle wasting.